This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. My guest today is a first timer, Emily Harmon. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's it, we we've, we've talked about this for a while and uh I'm I am equally uh happy to have you here. So let's start by giving your background to whoever the hell's listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a little bit about me. Um well, I think I got to start about when I was in high school just because uh basketball I think is what started my career. And the reason I say that is because I was a really good basketball player when I was in high school. I played for the Annandale Adams in Northern Virginia there. And um, I was a leading scorer in Maryland, D.C. and Virginia. And I could have scored like 40 points in a game. And my dad would say, great, great game. Now, you remember that time when you went right, you should have gone left. So I kind of got a lot of constructive criticism when I was younger. And he didn't do it in a way to sabotage me or whatever, but it, it kind of shaped my life of um of being like a hyper achiever, really achieving and striving to achieve and to and to please and how I found my well my worth in doing that and how I've how I've changed. Uh so anyway, I was recruited by a lot of different colleges to go play basketball and one of them was West Point and one of them was like Ohio State and South Carolina. I went to West Point and it was a uh, cold and rainy and gray and everyone was wearing gray and my dad said well you you know you ought to go look at the naval academy and so i did and it was one of those sunny days in annapolis and i didn't know much about the military i mean growing up in northern virginia a lot of my friends had parents who worked for the federal government and stuff but my parents didn't um but i i joined the navy i liked their mission um it wasn't just because of basketball i liked the basketball team i liked the mission i liked that it was closer to home and little did i know that that decision to go to the naval academy uh, when i was 17 would shape the the rest of my life because i ended up working for the navy for for 34 years 38 if you count my time at the at the naval academy so that's kind of how it all started with uh with basketball and I graduated from the Naval Academy and went into the Supply Corps, which is like the business end of the Navy. So a lot of my experience is in government contracting as a contracting officer, as well as in small business. So I served 20 years uh, as an officer, seven on active duty, 13 in the reserves. And then um, when I got off of active duty, I became a civilian. And my last job was the director of the Office of Small Business Programs for the Department of the Navy. And I retired from that job in May of 2019. Wow, that's quite a ride. So um, as as the uh, small business officer for Navy, um, do, you have, do you have any instant tips for companies that want to go in? I'd say instant tips are lead with what you can do to support the customer, not with your socioeconomic status. And I, you know, I don't know how many times I say that, but people really tend some, a lot of them don't tend to listen to that. They say, oh, I mean, I, I, I said that at a presentation once, lead with what you do, 
and how you can support your customer. And then afterwards, a woman came up to me and said, Emily, we're a woman owned small business and the Navy's not meeting their women owned small business goals. Um, we want to do business with you. I'm like, ah, did you not hear what I said? People hear what they want, right? <laughs> what do you sell? <laughs> well, you know, it. I, I taught uh, companies at various shows where you do the, uh, the you know, the five-minute interviews with the Ozdaboos and the SBLOs for major companies. And I would do the pre-show training on that. And the first thing was, you know, don't mention your set-aside until the end. Yeah. Uh, and do some research on the client before you go in the door. Understand what they need, what contracts they use, um, and, and you know, understand the mission. Uh, right. You know, none of it's brain surgery. No, it's not. It's just, you know, I can't tell you how many times I heard my executive assistant um, on the phone saying www.navy, you know, like laying out our our website. They haven't even looked at our website. And, you know, I, I say this a lot too. I had a, a company come to me once when I worked at the Naval Air Systems Command and, and the guy asked, you know, at the beginning of the meeting, do you, do you guys still test aircraft here? It's like, you have not done your homework. And so they want to go meet with the program managers and I'm not going to introduce you to a program manager because that is embarrassing for all you represent, not just your company, you represent all small businesses when you go before the government. True. It, that, it's funny. I've, I've had PR people call and say, hey, do you still do that show um, <laughs> you know, 17 years later? Um, <laughs> I just usually just hang up rather than get colorful. Uh, um, so, so out of the Navy for three years now? Yes, three years, a little over. Yep. All when right, I when so... I left, when I retired, I called it a graduation. I'm like, my my invitation said, "Come to Emily's graduation." I'm like, "Yes, I'm finally graduating." Uh, <laughs> on so to bigger what, and better things. What, was it a relief or the certain things that you miss? No, I think to be honest, it was a relief, and I can explain why because I have learned so much more about myself since I retired that I understand why certain things stress me out. I understand more about myself. I've learned how to lead myself better. So I'm in a better place, I think. I mean, it's not that I didn't enjoy working for the Navy, but I'm not a numbers detail person. So doing spreadsheets as a contracting officer really stressed me out. And then I've taken an assessment since then that showed me like, I'm in like, like 91% of the population likes doing that kind of stuff better than they, you know, no wonder I didn't like, that. you know, so now I'd like, I talk about create a life you love living, do what you love you. And that's what I'm doing right now. Something that I just really absolutely love. And I, and to be honest, I do love it more than I, than I did in, in my previous job. Okay. But that's recent, but you started your company a couple years ago. What have you, what were you doing with uh, Emily Harmon coaching and consulting that first year or two? Isn't that a really creative name? <laughs> hey, it works. It tells people what you do. Well, the first year I started podcasting, but I really didn't do much because three weeks after I graduated or retired, my daughter called me and said, mom, dad has cancer. And he and I have been divorced 
since 2000, but he was the father of my kids. And he was really, really sick. He was a GS-15 working at the Naval Air Systems Command. He's eight years older than me. So he was, I was 56. So he's eight years older. Two weeks after she called me at the end of June, he was paralyzed in both arms from the cancer. And he died five months after that. So I spent a lot of time helping take care of him. My daughter did a lot of it. And watching him die. And that changed my life. I can see where it would. God bless you for that. Um, yeah, but... I was the executor of the estate. And, and you know, one of the reasons I retired um, is because I thought my job was really stressing me out. And I knew that when I retired, I was going to have a lot of free time and I was going to be in the best shape and all that. And I, and I really wasn't. And, the, and I was busier than ever with starting my business, doing my podcast, becoming a coach. And I finally, I didn't have a job to blame it on. I had to like point the finger at me. What is it about me that I am making myself so stressed out and I'm doing, doing, doing and busy, busy, busy and accomplishing that ties back to the pleasing of my dad, right? And the hyperachieving in order to um, feel worthy. So I did a lot of work on myself with that. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to pick it up right there. But you're listening to Amtower Off Center. I'm here with Emily Harmon. Uh, you can find Emily on LinkedIn and throw out your uh, your homepage, please. Oh, my website is just basically emilyharmon.com. And it's spelled yeah. H-A-R-M-A-N. Okay. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtar. I'm here with my friend Emily Harmon, uh, who, who's career path has taken a radical shift, but I want to, I want to, you know, I mentor at present eight women. And when you mentioned your dad, you know, saying cut left, um, was he trying to mentor you? Was he trying to coach you or was, what was going on? He was trying to mentor and coach me. And I mean, he didn't do it in a mean way. Mm-hmm. Um, he was definitely trying to help me. And he is the reason I became such a good basketball player. He worked two jobs and he spent Saturdays teaching me how to do it, teaching me how to do a hook shot, teaching me how to go left and right. So my point there is, is I now understand how as a young child and a woman, I reacted to him. It's the way I reacted and I developed the desire to please and the desire to, you know, I interpreted that the love for my dad came because I was accomplished at basketball, whether that's right or wrong, true or not, doesn't matter. That was what my mind was telling me. And so then later on, I kept accomplishing to feel good about myself and and part of that was that desire to please and the more the more i coach women the more i study this and the desire to please is not natural for a guy but it is almost incumbent upon a woman not you know it's got nothing to do with dna or anything it has everything to do with society yeah and they talk about epigenetics now you know we, we inherit past traumas from past relatives. It gets passed on based on things our parents say, you know, limiting beliefs that we might have, like don't spend money or whatever. You know, it's just like 
things that get passed down through generations and that pleasing can get passed down too. You know, the way my parents were brought up influenced the way they raised me, the way they raised me influenced the way I raised my children. And so it just kind of, it happens, but we can recognize that in ourselves. And that's when I, when you asked, you know, like after I retired and, you know, saw that happen to, to Bruce, I decided, you know, I, I can see that he died with regrets and I do not want to die with regrets. I want to take more of a look at myself. Someone told me when you point a finger at someone and say, you know, like my boss is stressing me out or this is happening. You've got three fingers pointing back at you. So I've spent a lot of time and you do that when you go through coaching training, I'm a certified professional coach. Now you spend a lot of time looking at yourself. And one of the programs that I invested in is called Positive Intelligence. And in that program, I learned even more about what that program would call my pleaser saboteur, the lies that my mind tells me about why I need to please and how to notice that, recognize it, become more aware of that and change my thoughts. And it's not a matter in my mind of just, well, I'm going to change that to a positive thought. It's a matter of building some mental muscles so that you create a new neural pathway in your brain and your automatic thought process goes to more of the right side of your brain, which is empathy, compassion, curiosity, instead of the left side of your brain, which is, oh my gosh, in order to survive, I must please. That's a lie. In order to feel accomplished, I have to achieve, achieve, achieve. But my hyperachiever saboteur in my mind says, Emily, you achieve this and then you're going to be happy. And I achieve it. And it's like, eh, now you got to achieve this. And so those two things really cause a lot of, in the past, cause a lot of my stress and anxiety was trying to achieve and please to feel worthy. Yeah. Part of my job as a mentor, as I see it, is to instill confidence in people. I I see more in them oftentimes than they do. Mm-hmm. And my job is to bring it out. And when I run across barriers, because I'm not a, a, a woman and I haven't faced certain situations, I have several women that I rely on to come in and help me. And because they're all women that I coach, that I mentor, they also know each other. So they, they get together and uh, support one another in areas that, that obviously I can't. So I can relate to an extent, but I want to take a a deeper dive into the, uh, the positive intelligence because you sent me the link and I went there uh, I subscribe to the newsletter now, by the way. Oh, and, awesome. Well, I'm also going to recommend it to all of the women that I mentor um, and other women that I just know. I know, mm-hmm. I know, a, I know a fair amount of women. Um, <laughs> it's useful for so, men too. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I get positive reinforcement from a couple of different sources on a daily basis via e-news, uh, e-newsletters, uh, et cetera. So yes, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a big believer, mm-hmm. but so, so what took you 
to positive intelligence? How'd you find them and, and take it from there? Well, Shazat Shamin, who wrote the book called Positive Intelligence, Why Only 20% of Teens and Individuals Achieve Their True Potential, has a grant where he is training coaches for free to go through the the foundational program, which is about six weeks. So I went through that program. Um, and when you go through that as a coach, you're getting not you're not getting trained on how to coach it. You're working on yourself. So when I went through that program, it changed my life. It changed my life because he has a free assessment that you can take on his website. It'll tell you what your top saboteurs are, what is really holding you back from creating positive, lasting change in your life. How many times do we set these um, New Year's resolutions and then fall flat and stuff? This is like he has done research. It's based on neuroscience, cognitive behavior therapy, all these different things. But he's done research to really understand that we need to strengthen three muscles in our mind in order to improve our relationships, to improve our performance at work, um, to create positive, lasting change in our lives. And so I liked the program and I went through it with him and I decided to become a coach. So I just became a certified a coach that's certified by positive intelligence. And um, it's really, it's really transformational. I, encourage people to go through the program as a group instead of individually, because I think the group accountability is really helpful. I can explain the basics of it is we all have in our mind, you'll recognize the judge saboteur. The judge judges circumstances and situations, other people, and it judges ourselves. And we are most of us are really not aware of how often we judge. This program helps you see that. You, a lot of women especially are really familiar with the judge when you talk, refer to it as the inner critic. We really you know, know about our inner critic, but there's other things we judge. Then the judge will say, we'll recruit one of nine other saboteurs. I already said that one of mine is the pleaser. Emily, this is a bad situation. You've got to please this person um, in order to make it work out. And you catch yourself, you, you develop your saboteur interceptor muscle. Ah, my mind is telling me that. But is that true? And you learn how to stop that, get your hand off the hot stove, be, meaning you're stressed over something. Sure, right. And switch to another way of thinking. So you build up your saboteur interceptor muscle, your self-command muscle, and your sage muscle. So that, that's kind of the basics of the program. You'll recognize these other saboteurs, the avoider, the hypervigilant, the controller. And a lot of them are developed when we're children in order to adapt to family life. You know, we have, they're in the left side of our brain, kind of the reptilian, the limbic system of our brain, where the fight or flight, in order to, to be a member of our family, we need to survive and cope. So, you know, for example, my roommate from the Naval Academy had a, a stressful home life. She developed the controller saboteur, trying to control things. It worked well when she was trying to assimilate into her family. It didn't work well with her husband or in her work life, right? My pleaser and my hyperachiever. When you have that hyperachiever saboteur, you tend to, 
it tends to sabotage relationships because you're just worried about achieving and checking off the box. And so victim is another one, stickler. Um, so when you learn about this about yourself, you can catch those saboteurs and catch them in their lies and really reduce the amount of stress in your life. Cool. Great place to break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I will be back with Emily right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. My guest, Emily Harmon, is a most interesting person. So I, I hope you reach out to connect with her and talk to her about the uh, the program that she's involved with, Positive Intelligence. So, Emily, I, I got to ask, um, one of the people I work with, is a perfectionist and she churns out some just really great stuff, but then she worries that it's not quite what it should be. And it slows down her overall productivity. Where, where does this fit into those, those saboteurs? Well, I would say without having met her that possibly her judge is saying, this isn't good enough. It's gotta be better. You can't let it go like this and is recruiting perhaps a stickler saboteur that is saying everything's got to be perfect. It's got to be, it's got to be perfect before you release it. And what would be beneficial for her to understand is to, you know, one of my coaches says, notice what you're noticing. So notice what are her thoughts behind this perfectionism? And what feelings is that generating in her and where in her body is it generating these feelings? What is she feeling? So whenever you're feeling stressed, you are being hijacked by your saboteurs and you don't have to be like, which one is it? Is it the stickler? Is it the hyperachiever? You just know you're being hijacked. Stop. Pause. And what you learn in the program is do some PQ reps, which there's many ways of doing them, but it's a way of focusing your mind on the present moment. Maybe take three deep breaths. Your mind will wander like, I don't have time for this. I'm, you know, no, stop. Then that's getting your hand off that hot stove. How long do you want to stay stressed over it for a week? Beat yourself up. That's not the way we're meant to live. So how so you, do you, you call this a PQ rep? PQ rep, you know, maybe what he calls as a PQ rep is just a short 10 seconds of focus, like 10 seconds of deep breathing, deep breaths, or 10 seconds of rubbing your two fingers against your thumb and closing your eyes just with such attention that you can feel the ridges on your fingertips. It calms down your nervous system. It switches your brain calms down. You get out of your left side of the brain, which is all focused on the saboteurs and all the lies they're telling you. And you get more into the right side of your brain, which where you can then, when you're not as stressed, look at this from have empathy for yourself, have empathy for others, get curious about why am I thinking and feeling this way? Where else in my life do I think and feel this way? Is this really true? And you learn how to get curious because our thoughts generate our feelings and we are feeling people. And then that generates our either action or inaction, which generates our results. 
And what you're saying is it's causing her productivity. Look at everything that it's it's holding her back from. So you can be, you know, if you go to the Positive Intelligence website, they have metrics on this. It's all measurable for people who like to see all the data. You can see the data, you can read about the science, but it really, you know, teams of people can go through this too. And you really can become more productive and more effective. And, you know, one of the reasons I like this is because with my background with government contracting and, and seeing government contracting from the government perspective, now I'm a contractor. You know, one of my clients is positive intelligence and I'm the director of government, U S government accounts for them. I see the challenges of selling to the government, of marketing to the government. Think about how the avoider, the stickler, the restless, the hyperachiever, the, you know, all those saboteurs impact our marketing and our sales. And if you go to their website, they have metrics on how you can reframe this and, and how reframing it unleashes your creativity and innovation and builds resilience and perseverance in the face of rapid change. So I see a lot of companies, which is it's needed, telling small businesses or large companies, you know, but smalls, you know, how to market to the government, how to not lead with your socioeconomic criteria, how to apply, you know, for your socioeconomic status, how to write a response to an RFP. This is the foundation for being able to do all of that. Okay. I, I, I definitely want to take a deep dive into uh, how you're going to bring positive intelligence into the government. But one of the things that, that I'm curious about is what about if, if somebody's in a, a toxic situation, either in the workplace or at home, that's uh, gotta, you know, reinforce all of the, uh, the judges and the saboteurs. It does. It does. Um, you learn how it, it takes practice. Okay, so let's just say that you're trying to get physically fit and you can lift a two-pound weight. You, or you read about getting physically fit, but if you don't practice it, you're not going to be able to uh, you know, get physically fit. So then you right. go and you start lifting weights and you lift two-pound weights. I, I look at that as like a two-pound stressor. Let's say you have a a 50 pound stressor, you've got to really have strengthened your mental fitness in order to be able to deal with that. But is what you're in control of how you choose to react. You don't need to stay in that situation. You could leave that situation, but also something to think about is these saboteurs are contagious. So if I come into a meeting all hijacked by my stickler saboteur and stressed, and anxious, you're going to pick up on that. So if you change, you'll notice your exterior world changes. For example, if you listen to my podcast on with my roommate from the Academy, when she started to change with respect, not believing the lies of her controller saboteur, her relationship with her husband improved. Not that it was terribly bad. Her husband didn't go through the program at all. But she changed and her external world changed. And that's what you'll find. Well, when somebody changes, people around them pick it up. And good habits can be contagious, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, cool. Um, I had another question lined up. And, man, it just flew out of my head. I think it was like, what? Am, how am I going to 
you know, get positive intelligence into the government. Was that uh, the I want to do that in the next segment, but okay. But, you know, I, I hate when this happens, uh, but it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, but, but, you know, for, for you, were, did you face these toxic situations when you were in the service? I faced sexual harassment when I was in the service. I have faced, you know, bosses that were uh, stressing me out. Um, I feel like I didn't have the tools to deal with it. And, you know, I went to the Naval Academy, but I feel like I, maybe I didn't pay attention, but I feel like there was a lot of focus on leading others. But you can't really be an effective leader of others until you know yourself and can lead yourself. This is a foundational program of learning about yourself. And then you can lead others once you can lead yourself. So I don't feel like I had the tools and I didn't get a coach um, until I was a senior executive. And I really think coaches are so valuable, even at the more junior levels, to prepare you to become a senior executive, to, to lead others, to get to know yourself. Okay. I remember what I was going to ask you. Right. What is the name of your podcast? Oh, and where podcast, can people find it? Yeah, it's called The Onward Podcast. And you can watch it on my website or you can go to Apple Podcasts or, you know, wherever uh, podcasts are, are uh, published and you can listen to it. And at first it started, it's kind of interesting because the theme of the podcast, it's always been named The Onward Podcast, but the theme has changed in the way that I've changed. Because I first started recording episodes when I was still working for the Navy. And it was the Onward podcast, Facing Adversity and Moving Forward, because that's what I've done all my life. Then I changed it to Facing Adversity, Moving Forward and Discovering Yourself along the way. Because I've interviewed so many different people, like my roommate from the Naval Academy, her daughter, is a Paralympic athlete, um, just raced in Tokyo as a cyclist. And she cool. fell and broke her neck when she was 12 in a gymnastics accident. I interviewed my classmate, Admiral Kyle Kozad, who was serving on active duty and, and broke his back and was in a wheelchair. I've interviewed um, so many different people with so many uh, different challenges that they overcame. So then I learned, wow, when you face challenges like that, you really start to learn about yourself. And then I recently changed it to create a life you love living now. No matter what the outside circumstances are, you, if you work on yourself, you can, you can love your life. And um, that's the, the theme of the podcast has kind of changed as my life has changed. And I, when I saw my former husband die, I know he had regrets on how he lived his life. He didn't get to retire. He was waiting to retire. He was 64. He could have retired. He, he was waiting to live his life. Don't do that. I don't want to retire because I'm having too much fun doing what I do for a living. See, so you enjoy it. And and he probably did too, but he, there's some, he wasn't involved in his kids' lives. You know, he, he got stressed a lot at work. I, I can just, I know that, that he had regrets. He no. had a boat. He never used it. He was busy. Ah, uh, what can you do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. <laughs> You're listening to Tower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Emily and I will come back, and we're going to talk about 
uh, how, how she's bringing positive intelligence to the U.S. government. We'll return right after this. Welcome back to Tower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Emily Harmon, and uh, she is the U.S. Government Account Director for Positive Intelligence, and it's kind of what we've been talking about most of this time. So, um, I mean, everything you say fits everywhere. Um, and if if people had a better understanding of who they were and what motivated them, the world would be a much nicer place. Mm-hmm. But what's this got to do with uh, bringing it to the government? Yep. And, and and when I say the government, I'm talking U.S., federal government, state, local, and as well as contractors that support the government. Imagine if you're a maintainer of an aircraft and you're really stressed out and you're working on the aircraft and you're not focused on what you're actually doing. That's got a, you know, that's a, you know, safety issue, right? Yep. So imagine um, if you are a salesperson selling to the government and your mind is always thinking, well, that guy didn't return my call. Your judge is saying that guy didn't return my call because of this. And you, and you go into a meeting with your client all kind of stressed out and you're, you know, or really attention to detail and you're not really noticing that the client is already on slide five when you're going through the details on slide one. So understanding ourselves and not get and, and understanding when what stresses us out and how to change that, how to reframe failure so you can unleash your creativity. I see so many opportunities for that. However, that doesn't matter. What matters is that the government or the potential client sees that. So I tell you one thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going to call up government clients, potential clients and say, hey, we're a small business. (laughs) We want to do business with you. (laughs) I'm going to really understand what some of the challenges are that they're facing. And then if have discussions, have conversations. And then if, positive intelligence can help, I will invite them to consider it. But it really works when people want to do it. You know, you can't make somebody change, right? So people have to want to apply it, but it would make teams more effective. Um, and then the other thing is when we offer it in large quantities, like I'm, I'm talking about, um, you use an app when you do this. So family members would get the app too. So family and members wouldn't go through the coaching, but they'd get the app. They'd be able to learn about how to do the PQ exercises. They'd get the training that's in the app. So imagine if you're stressed out at home and you're bringing it to work, but now you have a way to deal with your stress in a common language with your spouse and your kids about how we're going to deal with stress. Maybe before dinner, you say, let's do a PQ rep. Let's talk. What does PQ stand for? Positive intelligence. Okay. It's like, yeah, because it covers all, there's 18 areas of emotional intelligence and Mm -hmm. Shrizad, the founder of positive intelligence has shown how it covers 17 of those 18. And so he calls it PQ. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Go go back to this one thing. You you said you have to want to change. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So I quit drinking 38 years ago, but it took me a long time to develop that desire to want to change. Once I made that decision, the rest was actually quite simple. I had no physical addiction. It was just, you know, habit or circumstance or whatever. Everybody around me drank. And all of a sudden, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, some people might, you know, I've led people through this program before. And in a couple of cases, I had supervisors. Um, These are not of government, their industry, but I've had supervisors tell their employees, I'm going to enroll you in this program. And it, you have to be careful because the employee could view it as, well, I'm a loser. I need to be in this program. So it's all about how you put it to the employee. And also, I think it's important for the supervisor to participate, too, instead of just saying, you need to go to this training. I think every, you know, it would benefit everybody. And if the supervisor as the lead go, leader goes through the training, too, and then the, the team all speaks that common language and uh, and you can just optimize the performance of the team. Look at the website, the data shows all, you know, the metrics of how relationships improve, performance improves, productivity improves. Um, he has specific metrics, especially for salespeople, um, how, how their productivity improved. So I've noticed you've done a fair amount of public speaking recently. I'm assuming it's been on this topic. Yeah, different events, webinars. Uh, That's what I like to talk about because it changed my life and I see the potential. But when when you're talking to, you know, an organization that has a sales team that's, you know, dispersed all over the country and there's hundreds of them, how how do you broach it with with them? Um, That's an interesting move. You can do this um, program through remote coaching, through Zoom. You can coach even geographically dispersed teams through Zoom. In fact, you know, I work with uh, Positive Intelligence. I support them. They have people all over the world that support them. And I'm in meetings with people all over the world. We all speak that common PQ language. Mm -hmm. And um, we implement what we talk about here. We live this every day. All right. So uh, we got about three or four minutes left. What would you like people to leave with on this? I would love for people to take a look at the positive intelligence website. Take the positiveintelligence.com. Correct. Take the saboteur assessment. Be open-minded. Learn a little bit about yourself from that assessment. And then get curious and start to notice what you're noticing. Notice when you're stressed. Because you're going to start noticing, probably as you're paying attention to it, you'll notice it more. And then notice how maybe three deep breaths or rubbing your fingers together calms you. There's other ways to do it as well. And then consider enrolling in the program. It is affordable. And I would say consider doing it with a friend or a family member or a group. Because when you go through it as a group, you meet with a coach once a week and somebody might bring up, oh, this happened to me. And you might say, oh, 
I didn't notice that, but I've noticed that now now that you mentioned it, that happened to me too. So I think with group accountability, you learn a lot more than just going through it on your own. Cool. So that's what I would, I would recommend and reach out to me if you um, want to learn more about the, about the program. How do you suggest they reach out to you? LinkedIn's a good way. Um, my email address is emily at positiveintelligence.com and, um, or my website. Cool. Emily, thank you. This has been quite enlightening, and I'm, I'm going to pass on these, this information to, as I mentioned, several of the people that I work with. So thank you very much, uh, Emily Harmon. Um, this is not my day job. I still advise companies on all aspects of marketing to the government, but I focus mostly on building the subject matter expert platform, building that thought leadership position in the market, uh, and leveraging LinkedIn and content to do so. So if that resonates with you, drop me a line at markamtower at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. There are a million reasons e-commerce shoppers don't buy. In fact, 97% abandon their first store visit. AdRoll retargeting keeps your brand on their mind, so they come back to buy. Visit AdRoll.com to start retargeting today. Hey, electrical contractors. I'm Matt from ABB. Are rising costs and product delays keeping you up at night? We can help you contractor better. ABB's contractor resources are designed to help you increase productivity and profitability on your commercial construction projects. Check out Contractor Better today. Visit go.abb/contractorbetter.